0: Well, the Australian Open is just around the corner. Sony Sports Network is the official broadcaster starting from the 16th of January, 2023. And uh, Todd Woodbridge, legend of the game, joins me. Todd, how are you doing? I hope the heart is beating well. It's wonderful to see you (laughs) healthy. All your fans were worried about you there, mate.
1: Thank you very much, Rishi. I had the all clear for my second visit to the cardiologist just a couple of days ago and all my medication has worked perfectly and I'm back to full fitness. The only problem is I have to get fit again, Rishi. I have to try to get back in the gym a little bit. I put on a, a pound or two. So there is work to be done, but the good news is I am fit and healthy. So thank you very much.
0: That's wonderful. All your fans around the world be very happy to hear that. Well, this is that time of the year when Melbourne Park comes alive, doesn't it? I mean, you must love the energy. You must love everything that it stands for. As an Aussie, this is your home Grand Slam. So your feelings now come January.
1: Well, yeah, you're right. I absolutely... It, it feels like summer for us once yeah, a bit of cricket starts and then, of course tennis dominates in the month of January and what's exciting for us is that we are back fully you know last year or beginning of this year 2022 we thought we were going to be back to full at the Australian Open that didn't happen we still ended up with restrictions and limited crowds and amazing tournament but we now can have full houses again and I think that's in particular Melbourne which is you know the driving force around the Australian Open as a city we're excited about you know, welcoming everybody back and having that door open to the players and, and also to international travelers, because, you know, that's an important part for us, too, is to have people come back down under and visit.
0: It must be also very important that Novak Djokovic's three-year ban, you know, has been overturned, granting him a visa to play. And this is really what you want, don't you? I mean, it's like a yeah. headliner at a rock concert <laughs> suddenly not appearing and, you know, the other acts doing their thing. And finally, you have your headliner back in place.
1: Yeah, indeed. And I think he's very much looking forward to the opportunity as well. What played out was, you know, extraordinary in, in extraordinary times, really, no one could really foresee that that was going to happen. And he handled himself as well as he possibly could. And circumstances are now that all the rules that were in place have now changed and we welcome him back because the Australian Open wants the very best players to be in their tournament and you know having a look at what Novak's been able to produce in these last few months I think he's the favorite he has played so well he looks so fresh so sharp and I think you know some of that is because he's had a bit of time away from the game and he's been able to see what he's still capable of. Rafa's got that record for the moment and that is absolute huge motivation and you can see that within in Novak, the absolute focus that he's been delivering on court. So I'm sure it'll be the first few days in Australia and in Melbourne will be a little difficult for him to get used to it and then I'm sure that all of our, our fans down here will you know embrace him because let's be honest you know he's won it nine times. It, he is a part of the Australian Open history he is the man.
0: You know, Carlos Alcaraz, that kid is so good for the game, isn't he? A lot of people reckon that when he broke his duck in September by winning the US Open, he's opening a lot of doors for himself and he's hungry to get his fingers around that Norman Brooks Challenge Cup. What do you reckon of his chances?
1: Mm. Well, I think they're good. I think he's got a lot to learn coming into this because when we talk about you know a young player coming, they're going to be brilliant. Well, we've got to remember that prior to the big three coming along, winning six was extraordinary. You know, you go back to to Borgs and McEnroes and Edbergs and Couriers. What they did was extraordinary. But then all of a sudden we had players, Sampras, we had Roger, Rafa and Novak, and they just dominated. Well, that wasn't heard of before. And I think we probably end up going back a little bit more to that. Many people think that Akras might be able to win 10, 15, 20. But, I mean, the longevity that's required is extraordinary to do that. I think coming into the Australian Open, yes, he's a favourite I absolutely love the way he plays. I love the attitude that he brings. Everything for me makes me a fan of his. But I think he's having to learn some new things. You know, that's how to manage the body, how to manage still a young mind that's still growing and taking so much on and so much pressure and expectation from outside, not just from himself. If he can continue to have that good team around him, Rishi, then I think he'll be able to to handle that. But I think it's important that we give him time to breathe as a player too, because he's still developing. He's still improving as a player, which is, frightening when you watch the replays of the US Open and what he was able to produce there.
0: Todd, you know this better than anybody else, that rankings and seeding sometimes can be deceptive. I mean, here's Nick Kyrgios. He's a different animal when he comes into Melbourne Park, mm-hmm. isn't he? I mean, he's currently ranked world number 22. But honestly, I just enjoy every moment of seeing him on court. And, uh, you know, I thought Kokkinakis and him was, was spectacular in the doubles. Uh, yes. and, and the whole of Australia must be looking forward to having Nick back at Melbourne Park.
1: Well, the, the thing I love about talking to you and your audience within India is that I know how much you all appreciate doubles and understand its importance in our game. Let's not forget that Nick Kyrgios's whole attitude has turned around because he won the Australian Open in 2022 with the nasi There was this, I got to interview them courtside after the match. In fact, Mark Woodford and I gave them the trophy and then I was still broadcasting. And I asked the simple question, what does it feel like to be a Grand Slam champion? And the light went off. You could see for Nick, it was like, this is actually not what I thought it was going to be. It's actually better and more special. And from then, he was able to I think, work on his singles in a different way. Going to Wimbledon, he was speaking differently. He was talking about being positive. I've trained to be ready for the grass courts. And everything he did was a positive part of getting the result to get to the Wimbledon final, where I still think he played one of the best first sets in a Grand Slam final you could ever dream about, particularly in your first Grand Slam final. And he wins that set, doesn't go on to win, but gains enormous experience. So as we move to the Australian Open, can he win that tournament? Yes, I think he can. He's been training properly. My one thing for Nick is the hope that he's able to absorb some of that pressure that will be on him from what the Australian people would like him to do and how they'd like him maybe to behave. And he's Nick. He's going to give us exactly the opposite of what we might be thinking. You know how it operates with him. But the main key is to be focused on those matches at the Australian Open where he gives himself the best ability to, to win and that's with his temperament and attitude in the positive. And if he does that, well you know, we're in for an exciting tournament because cause he can deliver on all those platforms.
0: you got to spare a thought for Danny Medvedev. I mean, two runners-up a trophies mm-hmm. back-to-back. I mean, there is an inherent fear in any tennis player's brain that he shouldn't end up like Ken Rosewell at Wimbledon. Long way to <laughs> go for Andy that. Or Andy
1: Murray at oh, the Australian Open. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: Andy Murray at the Australian <laughs> Open. But, you know, there is a very interesting supporting cast here, isn't there? I mean, Danny Medvedev, Felix Auger, Oliassime, Rublev, Taylor Fritz, all of them are in the draw. Herbert Herkash, you know, another top tenor there. And of course, Sasha's Vera. we haven't seen him play since he injured his ankle at the French Open, Todd, the French Open semifinals. So, interesting yeah, supporting well, cast there.
1: Well, I'm excited to see Sasha because I, I thought at the French, he was starting to play the best tennis of his life. And he'd gone through that developmental stage that really talked about for Alcaraz, you know, he was learning how to deal with playing five set matches and all sorts of emotional things a young athlete has to learn to cope with. And it'll be hard-pressed, I think, for him to be at the level because of that long break. But mentally, you know, from what we can see from his social media and the like he, he'll be there but I think this is one of the most exciting Australian Opens coming up because can Rafa come back and defend I think that's going to be really tough for him given the last six months and the young guys I think believe for the first time, Alcaraz has made that change for them. Medvedev broke through the year before at the U.S. Open. Now it's Alcaraz. But I thought that Alcaraz and Sinner, the two now that will be driving the men's game, the quality they played at the U.S. Open quarterfinal. I didn't think we we're going to see that quality from younger players for a long time. I didn't even know if you'd get that quality because we've seen such crazy tennis from the big four. But we have it. And, you know, it always goes to show that when you think things might be going maybe downward, it doesn't happen in sport. Someone still finds ways to get better and above. And these young guys are ready. So, you know, you mentioned Felix Ujiali Azim. He is for me gone up massively in the last four months, I'm surprised because I thought he was sort of maybe sitting at his ceiling, but he's found more. You have to credit Uncle Tony, Tony Nadal for that. So I think we're, it's very hard to pick out one of them, but if there was going to be a break, then I think it would be Yannick's. So you can tell this is live because my dog is in the background. (laughs) Sorry, Richie, but... He approves of (laughs) Yannick's. There we have it. So if if I could pick an outsider, it's him.
0: Let's look at the ladies. I mean, one thing is for sure, Todd, that the Australian Open will have a new ladies singles champion, given that Ash Barty announced her mm-hmm. retirement in March. Now, everybody is just going, shwantik, shwantik. You know, it's been an incredible year, 2022, eight titles, the French Open, the US Open, but we don't want to make it seem like a one-horse race is there. I mean, there are so many of these other interesting ladies around. I mean, Ons Jabeur is going to be hoping to go one better, claim that first Grand Slam title after, you know, what, two misses. And there's always Victoria Azarenka, Sofia Kenan, and of course, Garbine Muguruza. It's actually also Naomi Osaka, who's going to be vying for her third success down under. Mm. Disappointing year, though, for Naomi. So how do you look at the women's draw? Well,
1: there's one player you didn't mention that I think is is due to do something big at Grand Slams, and that's Belinda Bencic. Yes. i watched sort of progress over the last three or four years, and it's been really slow. And a lot of, a lot of people, including myself, thought she was going to be doing it at the slam level a lot earlier. But i watched her at the Billie Jean King Cup final. She just dominated the entire field that week. Yes, it didn't have the likes of Eager there, but I think she is stepping into some new space and I'm excited to see what she brings next season. I I think she'll play well at this Jane Open. So she's my outside bit for somebody to come through that you didn't mention but I do think it's going to be tough to stop eager I don't want to you know say it's over and it's never over but what I've loved about watching her this year is she was reminded me of Steffi Graff the athleticism she's brought the way she moves into the corners of the court and the way she gets around to use the forehand It's a bit of a throwback. It's not the same technique, but it's the same mentality. She gets into a match and she buries her opponent in the first 15 minutes, three to four games, and a bit like being in the boxing ring and they're beat up and they can't come back. I've really enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed watching her be so comfortable as the number one player in the world and take all of that on and actually seem to enjoy it, you know, embrace being a person outside of the court as well. And I think that's where a lot of the top women have really struggled is handling being a player and handling being able to understand and live with what's required with their job off the court sponsors and travel and the like and you know she's obviously watched Rafa she's a big fan of Rafa and she's seen how he's been able to do that and learned a lot of good lessons so I think hard to go past her but you mentioned Naomi I would love to see Naomi somewhere back towards her best and given the time frame she's had where she's played a little bit I think she would has had time now to mature and come to grips with the, some of the anxieties that she was having and, and that comes with time and it comes with growing up a little bit and if she can find form, then yes she can win another Australian Open. She's one of those players that, that can actually step up because you've got to remember when you go back to places you have good memories, you actually play well. There's a different type of pressure and you know I was fortunate enough to know that in a couple of places.
0: Well, one for us old-timers, Venus Williams gets a wild card. It'll be interesting to see her. I mean, it's just 25 years, Todd, after she played her first Grand Slam tournament. This is wonderful. It's always nice to see Venus around in the courts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised to see that she had the wild card, But, you know, I know that Australia is a special place for the Williams sisters. Obviously, Serena dominated down here. But I think she'll be really well received in that space. And look, it's going to be tough, really, to think that she's going to go a long way. But I know that the Australian fans would love to be able to say, you know, a farewell, because at some point it is going to be the farewell. And to have her down there, you know, is, is terrific. So let's hope she gets a run. You just never know. You know, it could be possible. She was in the final. Well, what maybe four years ago. I guess it gets harder Rishi, though, when you haven't played a lot of matches. Yeah. And that's the hardest part about our sport is, you know, you need to be fresh, but you need to play. It's a catch-22. Well,
0: we've got to sign off with your area of expertise. We talked about Kokinakis and, and Kyrios, but who are you excited about in the men's doubles?
1: Well, I'd love to see them have another go at it because they... Honestly, they lit up the Australian Open last year. They actually kind of ignited the tournament around the grounds. And then, you know, we had over 2 million people watch the men's doubles final after the women's singles final on Saturday. It's been a long time since we've been able to get any of those types of numbers for a doubles combination, as, as you would well know. So I hope they get in there. Look, I, I've been very excited to, from an Australian perspective to watch Max Purcell in particular as an individual because he won Wimbledon with Australia's Matt Ebden. You know, I love the old style of doubles that uh, the Woodies played, that Guppity and Pays played, you know, chips and lobs and creating. And if any of your listeners get a chance to watch Max play, go do it because he plays proper doubles, I'll call it, like the way it's meant to be played. And it's very skillful and he's starting to do well. So I'm going to stick with the Aussie duos, both of them, I think. Um, Having won a slam each this year, it's been a, an amazing year for Australian tennis.
0: Completely, all of you who are watching, listening, remember the Sony Sports Network is the official broadcaster of the Australian Open 2023. Starts 16 January 2023. I have to say this, Todd. I've enjoyed your broadcasting skills as much as I've enjoyed all your years on the court. You know, <laughs> you're like butter, flowing smoothly. So, oh, that's uh, very kind. A, you know what? I,
1: I do want to mention too, I a mean, big thank you to Sony and all of your viewers and listeners because, believe it or not, the Australian Open is the highest viewership of all four majors in your platform. So it's a big thank you to everybody out there for supporting our tournament so much.
0: Wonderful. Have a good one. Cheers. Thank you.